all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Hola a todos. Bienvenidos a una verdadera charla sobre el cuerpo de Cristo. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Good mid morning. Good afternoon. Good mid afternoon. Good evening. Good mid evening to all my night listeners. Welcome to the Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to all my USFA listeners that's listening around uh, the United States. And also a great welcome for all my international listeners from the United Kingdom, from India, from Spain, and whoever else I haven't mentioned, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to this show. The importance of right dividing. How important is rightly dividing God's word. Is it any important? Is it important? Or you can just read the Bible and you can pull out uh, certain scriptures and certain verses in the word of God or cherry pick and choose which verse you want to read today or wake up in the morning and open up your Bible and put your finger on any verse you touch. That's going to be your blessing today. Or you can just do this with this book. You can do this with Matthew. You can do this with James. Or you can just mix them all together and everything will still come like a bud of roses. Is that the Bible? Is that the, how the Bible works? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this question out there. Do you all think, and I would love for you to leave a comment, what do you think? Do you all think that is the way to understand God's word, the word of God? Let's talk about that. This is very important. Uh, this is very, very important to the believer and to the unbeliever. Why? Why am putting? A, why am I putting an unbeliever in this? Because a lot of times, you all that are not saved or somewhat on the fence. What I'm going to talk about. It's one of the reasons, not the main reasons or not the whole four reasons, but maybe it may be one of the reasons. Really, I have no doubt it's one of the reasons why you kind of on a fence about Christianity, about being a believer or what you would like to call joining the church or getting saved. 
has the word of God. If you, if you, as an unbeliever, let me. I'm speaking to the ones that's listening to me or just tuning in, and you're not saved. You heard the term "saved" or how to be saved or what you must do to be saved. You heard that term before. That's if you are listening. You heard that term before. If you think, if you go back whatever time it was, if someone came to you and told you about salvation or Jesus or God or anything, just say out of five people, if that many ever came to you or the churches you grew up in and you went to, how was salvation brought to you of when it came to uh, the way to be saved? I know, I can remember when I wasn't saved when I was in church, but I'm not I'm not going to talk about me now. I want you to think that in your head. How many times someone came to you or invited you to come to the altar and told you the way to be saved or this what this is something you must do to be saved? Just think about that. Just just think about that right now. This to anybody that's listening. I'm just going to say saved and unsaved. Anybody that's just listening, just ran into this show and tuning into this show and listening. Because this is going to be a very important topic to everyone, especially the believer, the body of Christ. Uh, more than churchgoers the body of Christ. Yes, I do differentiate the body of Christ from church goers. They are different. You know, uh, the body of Christ is a spiritual organism. The body of Christ is the church. Church goers are not in the body of Christ. Only believers. Only believers. That's why I use the term body of Christ on this podcast. A lot of people probably don't use it like me and a lot of other grace teachers don't, but that's the way I use it. It's the biblical way. It's the biblical meaning of what church really means. That's why I put emphasis on it. I don't play around with the word church unless I'm talking about the body of Christ or the kingdom church or the wilderness church, which are mentioned in the word of God. So when you hear that word church, unless uh I'm putting a specific meaning on the church building, which I will try to do. You're going to know, you will know that I'm talking about the body of Christ. Unless I say the kingdom church or the wilderness church, you will know when I say the church of today, I'm talking about the body of Christ. Okay. So I want to, I want to put that out there to my listeners out there that listens to my podcast. Why you may say that's important. That's very important because what I'm going to talk about uh, uh, is a big problem and one of the big reasons why the church is growing so slow today. And they're not growing spiritually and stronger in the word of God because of confusion uh, and wrongly dividing God's word. Now, before I go any further with this, I, I, I'm going to put myself in a category in the past because that was me as well. Because that was the only way I was taught. I, I usually often, let me just say I often say this. 
the majority of many believers in churchgoers' doctrine came from what they was taught from the pulpit more than getting it from the Bible. And if we did get it from the Bible, we got it from the Bible because our teachers told us that's where we need to go to find it in the Bible. Now, I'm not saying everyone. I'm not saying everyone. I will say, and this is kind of sad, but true with all of us. Close of 95 to 198%. Now, this is my belief. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But let me go back my experience of what I've been hearing and what I know about people and ministries from the past. Maybe 95% give and take. Let me just put it that way. Didn't get their teaching from the Bible, their knowledge of the Bible, only from the teaching from the Holy Spirit. That's every believer. Every believer. Past Apostle Paul and all of them. See, I believe the percentage, at least from 95%, give or take, the majority of, I'm talking about believers now, the majority of believers that's in the body of Christ did not get their full knowledge of the Word of God from the Holy Spirit. Say, Joe, how could you be? How could you know that? I didn't say they weren't saved. I didn't say they, they didn't go to heaven. Listen closely to what I'm saying. Maybe I need to be more specific uh, so you can know where I'm going with this. Now, these are for the safe folk, like some country people talk, safe folk. The believers. When it came to salvation, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not saying these, every, all of us, including myself, we wasn't saved. But I'm saying the majority of believers today did not get 100% or maybe even 80%, maybe even only 60% or 40% or even 30% of their knowledge from the Holy Spirit guiding or leading alone. If someone says they did, they are lying or they just misled. Period. They just, they just misled. Now, when you go back in the teachings of Jesus, 100%, he was led by the Holy Spirit in his earthly ministry. You go through the 12 disciples. Did they follow and obey God's word 100% through the Holy Spirit? No, they didn't. But they followed it to an extent that they allowed the Holy Spirit to use them early in their ministry. Now, I'm, talk, I'm going to compare back then to today because I have to look at it this way to make a comparison. So I'm going to say the 12, I'm not going to throw a percentage out there, but I'm going to say the majority of the ones that they mentioned more. Let me just put it this way. Peter, the pillars, as the Bible called or what Paul called them. Peter, James, and John, were they 100% led by the Holy Spirit? 100% led by the Holy Spirit? You know, I'm going to say, I really don't know. Now, why I say that, because I don't have any full proof, but I'm going to give you my opinion. 
I believe no one walked fully in the fullness of the Holy Spirit but Jesus. That's my belief according to what I read out of the Bible. That's my belief. No one ever walked 100% led by the Holy Spirit but Jesus. Why? Because Jesus was the only one that didn't that never sinned. Peter and them sinned. James sinned. John sinned. They didn't never walked in 100% of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about percentages now. So in other words, perfect walk only led by the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus is the only one, the Son of God, that done that. That done that. Now, you go back to the past prophets and everything. No, they did not either. They was very imperfect. There was no perfect person that walked through the grace of God 100% with the Holy Spirit but Jesus. Not even Moses. Not even Paul. See, but I might I might get hit upside the head with this. I believe that Paul came close of a percentage, maybe 80-some percent or whatever, like they're walking full of the Holy Spirit because he made mistakes too. He was never sinless. Moses was never sinless. The 12 was never sinless. Now, why is I'm saying sinless? Because in order, if we, if the past prophets besides Jesus... And the 12, and just think about the other saints, you know the mess that Samson and David, you know they, they didn't walk in the full power of the Holy Spirit. My point is, if any person excluding Jesus walks 100% led by the Holy Spirit and obeyed everything the Holy Spirit told them to do, they will be sinless. They will not sin. You, you follow what I'm saying now? That's just a fact. They would not sin. They would be perfect like Jesus. And many, and if you are a Bible reader, and even if you're not a Bible reader, and you have doubts, you know Jesus is the only one that walks sinless on this earth, led by the Holy Spirit. All his doctrine and teachings was led by the Holy Spirit. He was walking sinless. Now, everything came out this word. you got to measure what sin is, because sin doesn't mean if you say something wrong or anything like that, or you're joking or whatever like that. I'm talking about sin in general, starting with under the law, sin. Jesus was the only one under the law, he was too, that walked a sinless life fully, 100% led, not 99 or 95% led by the Holy Spirit. So I want to get that out there, 100%. His doctrine was 100% the Son of God. He was fully led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, perfect. No other saint or person, man or woman in the Bible, never walked 100% sinless. Now, they were believers. They walked a high percentage obeying the Holy Spirit, but they was never perfect, if you want to put emphasis on perfect. Now, you might want to uh, know where I'm going with this. Okay, where I'm going with this. Okay, let me go. Let me say this again. Going back on Jesus' earthly ministry and what he taught the 12, what he taught the 12. Now, you know there's Matthew. Mark, Luke, and John. Of course, it's still Old Testament. But it's just Jesus just happened to be on earth now, but it's still Old Testament. Why? Because they're still under the law. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
still Old Testament. That's not the beginning of the New Testament because Jesus is still alive. <clears throat> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay? And if you go on, going through the Bible, you know, Jesus taught, taught them certain things, what to say, what to do, what they must believe, you know, blah, blah, and then, you know, woo, woo, and that. What he taught them, you know, these sinless, you know, unperfect men, you know, what he taught them. And if you really pay attention, you, you, got, to, you got to look at it this way. When Jesus was talking to the twelve, and anybody that was following him, but I'm just putting emphasis on the twelve. He talked to them about the kingdom. He talked of the kingdom for Israel. So a lot of his doctrine, the, all of his doctrine, was mainly based on the law, the rules that was pertaining to the favored people, which is Israel, not Gentiles. Israel, his sermon on the mount, his beatitudes, his parables, was. Israel, the Jews, because it, it pertained to their uh, their promised kingdom that was going to be promised to them, the kingdom of heaven. It pertained to them. So Jesus' audience was Jewish. They was all Jews of just Israel, Galilee, Bethlehem, Bethsaida, all those other places, whatever like that, was Jews. Okay, just, just you must put that out there first. All right? Uh... I know I got a roundabout way of doing things, but it's going to come to fruition. It's going to make sense when what what I, what I got to talk about because it's very important, and we uh, as believers we need to really pay attention. Okay, but when Jesus taught the twelve, one thing without saying he taught them was about unity. Correct. Now, they didn't have to act the same way, they didn't have to do the same thing, but when it came to doctrine, their sound doctrine then, they had to follow that doctrine to the law, to the T, correct? They couldn't go left and right, they just couldn't straddle because they was under the rule of the 613 laws and the different things like that. They had certain rituals and uh, religiosity and things they had to follow. They had to be in line with one other. Somebody's saying something out of line, they got rebuked or chastised pretty bad by God. So they had to stay in line, precept by precept, verse by verse, when they was taught. They had to stay in line. Listen closely where I'm going with this. They had to stay in line. Okay. Now, going forward, when Jesus died and rose again, Let's get to the 12 apostles in the book of Acts. The apostles, they were not disciples. Now they are apostles. If you read the book of Acts, you got to be a reader and a study of the book of Acts to see this. And when you read the book of Acts, remember, it's still Israel. It's still the Jews. They're still going out to the Jews. Okay, correct? They're still going out to their own people, their own ethnic group of people. But they, they was under the kingdom program still. Jesus, he's in the heavenly places now, sitting on the right-hand side of God. And they still was going through the kingdom program. Therefore, they were still under the law. They were still under the law. So they still had to be in unity. 
I'm not saying they didn't disagree. Don't no, listen closely. I'm not saying they never disagreed, but they had to come back because it was a disagreement. Even Paul and Barnabas, I think that was Barnabas, disagreed about you know things. I'm not talking about that type of disagreement. You know why Paul didn't want Mark going with him and Barnabas. I think Mark was Barnabas' nephew, and him and Paul, the Bible said, had a sharp. They had an argument. They was going at it, you know. I'm not talking about that type of disagreeing, you know. I'm talking about doctrine, okay, not weakness. I'm talking about doctrine because the kingdom had a strict program. Think about this, their salvation program, what they have to do. According to Acts 2 and 38, what do they have to do for salvation? First, you have to believe who Jesus was. There was no other way of salvation for them. Believe Jesus was their Messiah. They had to believe Jesus was their king. Okay. I'm trying to make it plain as I can because I know I got people uh, that's not saved listening to me, which I want you all to listen to. This is the story. They had to believe Jesus was their Messiah. They had to believe Jesus was their king, their Jewish Messiah, their Jewish king, their promised king that was foretold, prophesied by the forefathers, okay, the past prophets, okay? They had to believe that to be saved. What else they had to do besides repenting of their repenting, I was going to say of sins, no? They had to repent, which means change your mind, some traditional type of thinking is hard to get out of your head even minds. They have to repent which means change your mind the real definition of repent in the Bible change your mind. King James Bible change your mind. So they have to repent for the remission of their sins what was the next? They had to be baptized in water. There was water baptism. There was a unison. That was all in the system under the kingdom. They had to be baptized in water. The Jews Remember the Jews, not the Gentiles, not the body of Christ, not the church. We wasn't even in in there yet, or the body of Christ itself. This is the kingdom, church. Remember I said I'm going to put emphasis when I mention church. I'm going to let you know what church I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kingdom of church, the messianic church. This is their format. This is what they had to do. See, they had to be in unison. They couldn't step out of line. They had to be in use. The uh, Bible said in the book of Acts, they, they believed them and they started following the Apostles' Creed somewhat. The Apostles had a certain thing they taught, which they learned from their Yeshua, their Messiah, Jesus. They, so they had a certain thing. And the people who ever followed the believers, the ones of the way, because they wasn't called Christians yet, they came through the teachings of Paul. So listen to me closely. There was believers, not Christians. There was no name Christians nowhere around in the early book of Acts. You know, matter of fact, that name, that term was only mentioned a few times in the Bible, including from Peter. But anyway, let me digress. Believers or the way that follow, they had to follow the apostles, what? Doctrine. Their type of doctrine, their teaching, which is the law and the kingdom doctrine. They had to follow that. They couldn't waver because there was chastisements, there was punishments. They had to be dealt with. So they had to stay in line with the teachings under the kingdom. All Jews, whatever rituals, whatever things they had to do, it had to be under the kingdom program, church, the kingdom church, the messianic church, okay? 
You, you, you follow me on that, the Messianic Church. They had to follow that way. That's what that way comes from, the way of Christ, the way of Jesus, the way what their Messiah taught them, how they should walk, and what must they do, and where they should go. See, because they never made it out of Jerusalem. Why? Because of unbelief. So they had a certain way they had to walk, a certain creed they had to do, a certain teaching they had to do. They had to do certain baptizing and water and different things like that. And they still had signs and wonders following them. That was part of the kingdom as well. Signs, wonders, and stuff like that. But only for who? You with me? Jews, Israel. So signs and wonders is was part of the kingdom program. Healing, raising the dead, and stuff like that was part of the kingdom program under the 12. Now, remember, when they opened up with X, they still had only 11 because Judas was tucking out. Judas, you know... <laughs> He was he killed himself and etc. like that. So that still left eleven apostles. They had to have twelves. That was a must. Because that's how many are gonna be leading the twelve tribes of Israel. So they couldn't stay on eleven. So they wind up finding someone else and they found this guy named I think I forgot his name, but I think it was uh, uh, uh in other words, Malchus or somebody. I might be wrong, but in other words, they choose another person. They threw lots because they used to do those things then. They threw lots and a lot fell on uh, this guy. I know his name started with an M. He became the 12th apostle. That's all else. You you didn't hear nothing else from this, this added apostle, which made it back evenly to 12. See, so why I'm saying this? Because they have God done things in order. He didn't let it stay on 11. It had to be 12. It was mandatory to be 12. So this guy replaced Judas. Read the book of Acts. You will remember his name. I'm bad remembering remembering names. So I wind up back with 12, okay, out of the choice of the two that they threw the lots for. But all of them had to have a certain unity. I'm putting emphasis on unity. That's the togetherness. They had to be at what else? One accord. Even on the day of Pentecost, they had to be at one accord, meaning that when it came to doctrine, not... We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer. BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd only at BJ's. Worldly and daily life thinking and talking, but when it came to doctrine, they had to be at one accord for those things and the power of the Holy Spirit to work through them. See, remember I started off the only perfect person that followed the Holy Spirit 
perfectly was Jesus. Remember that. I always remember that. You know. So there had to be at one in court. There had to be a unison. You know, you remember, you know, a good uh, illustration is ants. You see, sometimes we look at the little ants and they have in unison, they be, they always following each other, even when they carry food, but they have a, it looks so beautiful sometimes, these little ants. And sometimes it seems like they can draw a letter because they write in unison, man. They, they, they stay as close as they can together in unison with each other. In other words, uh, using that ants as an example. Sometimes when the birds, certain season, they fly a certain way, they make a certain shape in the sky, they all fly in unison. That's how it was with the kingdom program. Sound doctrine, belief, they had to follow the law. They're still under the law because this is the kingdom program. Therefore, they are still under the law. Okay, listen to the story. Okay. All right. All the way up until after the stoning of Stephen. Now, let me go back. Now, remember when I said they had to be in one accord. They couldn't go out of whack. Wherever uh, the community or the social gathering of the believers was, they couldn't step out of line. That's how strict the law was, how strict the kingdom program was for the kingdom church of Jews. Now, they was being led. Jesus is in the heavenly places directing them, and they are led by who? Mainly Peter, James, and John. Majority of the names that's mentioned in early Acts 10 until about Acts 15 is who? Peter. You very seldom hear the other ones besides James and John, but usually it's Peter, okay? All right? But they all have to follow the Apostles' Creed, the Apostles' ways, the, the duties of the Apostles. They have to stay in line with the kingdom program, which is all, again, say it with me. I know I can't hear you, but Jews, just play along with me. All Jews, okay? Israel, all right? Acts, the strictness, it was so strict. Just remember, Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira, you probably heard of those stories if you are a believer, but the ones that's not believers, that's listening to me, it's a story called Ananias and Sapphira. <clears throat> they was taking up they sold possessions. See, and why were they selling possessions and different things? First of all, uh, they gave up the majority of all their possessions. Remember? When Jesus was telling them, don't take this, don't take your purse, don't take this and everything. They gave up all their life, even some families. Not divorced them, but they gave up all everything for the kingdom. Because they're going to get double fold in the millennium kingdom reign. So they're not going to need nothing entering the kingdom because they're going to have double, triple, quadruple everything else in the kingdom. That's why Jesus done a lot of his teaching of the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. That was for Israel, church, the millennium church, not the body of Christ. Okay. It was for the kingdom church, the, the, uh, the, the parables. The Sermon on the Mount, the stories that Jesus told, those are stories telling them, the believers, about the kingdom. Okay, remember that. Not the body of Christ. Okay, all right. So they had strict rules. So this, this, this married couple named Ananias and Sapphira, they sold their possessions. And 
what the believers done, all the possessions they had, they sold it and they bargained to the apostles' feet because the apostles was their leaders. And the top leaders was what? Peter, James, and John, I believe. But they brought everything they sold into the apostles' feet, okay? All, everything they have sold, see? Because they're going to distribute it and stuff like that to keep them going. But Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5, you can read this yourselves, Ananias and Sapphira lied. So when Peter, they lied about that they sold everything, but they didn't. Now listen closely to what I'm going to say. They didn't even have to lie. Peter mentioned that. They didn't have to lie and said they did. They could have just said, no, we sold some of it and, you know, whatever like that. But they, they just straight out lie and just say, we sold it all. See, you can't, you could not, you were, you were not able to do that in the kingdom program. See, the Holy Spirit led the kingdom program. You couldn't have nothing from the spirit of God. Now, let me tell you what happened, because they lied and said they sold everything. Peter asked them, why did you lie? What need you, what need yours to keep, and, and et cetera, and stuff like that? Why did you lie? You didn't just lie to us. You lied to the Holy Spirit. You lied to God, the third of the Trinity, the triune. You lied to God. So the Holy Spirit uh, first struck Ananias dead. He killed him. Let me put it bluntly. The Holy Spirit killed him. Read this yourself. True story. Book of Acts. I'm not making up another fiction. This is Acts 5. Go back and read it. Acts 5. Okay. He struck Ananias dead because he lied. You might say, wow, over something like that. Wow, that seems so minor and touchy. No. But remember, this is a kingdom program. Very strict. They're still under the law. They had rules. God struck people, two men down, Penhise and somebody else down because they stumbled the Ark of the Covenant one time and God killed them just because a little stumble, no fault in their own, but a little stumble like that, God wiped them out because they just stumbled and tripped over something, I believe, and the Ark almost turned over. The Ark of the Covenant, God killed them. This is under the law now. This is under the kingdom law. This is under this. Remember this. I'm going somewhere. So therefore, he struck Ananias. And later on, when his wife came in, he asked him the same, Peter asked him the same question. That's why I believe Peter was one of the leaders of the apostles then. You know, he asked him the same question. And she said, yes, we did. Sold it for such and such amount. And he asked her, why did you lie to me? Now, you finna drop dead and paraphrase away right by your husband. And boom, she fell dead. The Holy Spirit killed her. God killed her, wiped them out. Took her, you know, they carried her out. See, my point is, that's what I mean. They had to be at one in court. Israel, the Jews, had to be at one in court under the kingdom law. They couldn't mess around. It was one accord. They had to agree when it came to doctrine. Not lifestyle or, you know, just plain old lingering and talking. But when it came to sound doctrine under the kingdom church, which is Jewish, they had to be in unison. They had to be at one in court. Okay? Now, you got that. This is the kingdom church. See, under the law. Now, when it's the transition happens, 
going into the Apostle Paul Church under grace, which I'm not going to go break down none of that because remember, I try to keep this more of a Bible story than Bible teaching because you have to go to connect the dots for a deep teaching. In other words, when a, a mantle was changed over in Acts 9 through the Apostle Paul going into Acts 13, etc., like that, and uh, the last time you heard about Peter was Acts 15. The gospel of the grace uh, of God was coming in. You know, Paul was saved because he believed Jesus was a Messiah under the kingdom program. But God moved him going towards into the grace of God because he's going into the Gentiles with a whole new different gospel that has nothing to do with no covenant or under the law and anything. It has to do with believing what Jesus does. Now, remember, go back, go back. How they had to believe Jesus, they had to believe Jesus they had to believe who he was, their Messiah under the kingdom church. They had to believe who he was, their promised, foretold, messianic king that's going to fulfill what David started off doing, okay? They had to believe that their Messiah was coming. Also, with the kingdom, remember this, they had to be baptized in water, they had to repent for the remission of their sins, they had to do the law still, and they followed them with signs, wonders, and miracles, under the kingdom church. Signs, wonders, and miracles, because the Jews required signs and wonders ever since the times of Moses. When uh, Moses went on a Mount Sinai and God told him that first sign, that was signs and wonders was with Mo, I mean with the Jews ever since. Remember, Jews. So signs and wonders followed Israel, not the body of Christ, not the church body of Christ, but the church, the kingdom of heaven church. Okay, they preached another gospel. They preached the gospel of the kingdom. What's the gospel of the kingdom? Believing who Jesus was, believing that Jesus was their Messiah, believing Jesus was the son of God. They had to believe that when he was on earth. The gospel of grace under Paul, we just required to believe what he did for us. It was only the whole cross thing was revealed only to the Apostle Paul by Jesus. It was never revealed to Peter and them. They even, Peter and them only knew, understood when Jesus died on the cross after he was dead, and then he opened up their mind. Everything came to them there. But before that, they had no idea what he was talking about. Why? Because God hid it hid, hid it from them. He hidden it from them. But after Jesus resurrected the stuff, the ass came alive then. They understood it then because, you know, it came out playing God, let it let them know that. But before then, no, they was blind to it. They couldn't get it. It's several scriptures in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that is that that will prove that. But I'm not here to show you that. But this is very important. Why is I'm going all around about with this? Because reason being Remember when I first started, is rightly dividing the word of God important? A hundred percent, yes. If you, as a believer or uh, someone that's listening to what I'm saying, why is rightly dividing the word of God very important? And how do you rightly divide God's word? You must understand the dispensations in the Bible. Oh, I go that word again. There he go with dispensations. Now, 
I know dispensations get woe out and abused. I agree. That word itself, and many people don't like their word. They don't like dispensational teaching because they don't understand it or they just uh, stuck in their traditional ways of belief because it sounds more fun, you know, to them or, you know, because what comes with it. Okay, and I'm going to get into that. I know a lot of reasons why they they uh they prefer the kingdom program over the grace program, even though they use it interchangeably, like it's the same and they are not. I know why the majority of believers prefer the kingdom program, you know, because I'm going to give you, throw this hint at you, signs, wonders, miracles is one of them. The miraculous things Jesus and uh and God done under the law, under the kingdom program, some Great, fantastic things he's... We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy. Eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Done. And those programs through the Jewish church, okay? Through the Jewish assembly. Remember that church means assembly or ecclesia. The Greek word ecclesia means assembly. So the church means assembly or ecclesia. And I know why a majority of believers can't let go that kingdom program type of teaching today, even though it's not for the church today, even though it's not. I, I understand that I used to be there myself, but the reason I was there because I didn't know no better. I thought that was the church for today. I just, I, I just thought hey, all the church was the same, but no, the, 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 the only way to truly understand the Bible more clearly, and I'm not saying if you don't, you won't understand the Bible, but understand it clearly how to rightly divide the Word of God is you got to understand the dispensations and the different programs and the difference between Jews and Gentiles. That's very important of understanding the Word of God. That's very, very important. You have to understand the programs and how God works. You have to understand and you have to accept if you read your Bible objectively and let the Holy Spirit really teach you and you take a lot of the parts that are meant to be literally, really literally and not allegorically, you, your mind, the Holy Spirit can work with you then. See, that's why it's easier if I'm talking to a person that never been caught up in church tradition, they are easier to, uh, to understand the word of God over a person that's been going to church for 5, 10, 15, 20 years or been saved that long. Why? Because they're not called into dogma, uh, traditional, denominational uh, dogma. They're not caught into that. So their mind are more open and the Holy Spirit can work with them more because they don't have the tradition and all their religiosity in their way like a lot of saved people. You see what I'm saying? Like a lot of church goers. So they're easier to win. 
they're easier to understand what's going on. It makes more sense to them. But when you caught up, been caught up in a lot of tradition and uh, denominationalism, it brings a narcissistic stubbornness because you've been taught a lot of error and that error has become truth for the majority of your salvation in life. And I'm talking about believers now. For the majority of the time you've been saved, that denomination or whatever that denomination is has been flooded in our heads. So it's hard for us to accept that. The same thing we probably have read, read over and over again it's still hard to accept the parts that we just read right through because we was taught the Holy Spirit did not teach us this. The God is not a God of confusion. Let me say this again. God is not a God of confusion. There's no way God will have all these different, not I many hundreds, even thousands of different denominations teaching different things. Some close to each other, but they all, majority of them, teach Old Testament and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and some Paul. And some Paul. They mix it all together. That was never God's idea to mix these churches all together. The church of the wilderness, the kingdom church, and the church, the body of Christ. That was not God's plans. That was the master manipulated plan of Satan that still works very well today in denominational churches. You got you follow me on that one. Now, now, never was God's idea to have so many denominational churches and the majority of these denominational churches are less failed like to say about three-fourths are believers or something like that I don't know I, I don't know but I believe the majority of them that's in there I could be wrong are not saved truly saved they might think they're saved and it's sad but they're not truly saved and uh they're just church goers they're religious or they're self like I like to call them self-proclaimed Christians Okay. All right. Now, this is what I want you to listen to before I get to this, why I brung all this up, which is very important because this is from my heart. You know, why I brung all this, why, why, why I'm mentioning all this. When you learn how to rightly divide God's word, first of all, it takes a lot of weight off of you. I'm not talking about sins, but a lot of weight. It takes a lot of religiosity off of you and things that you thought was well, things that you thought was for you in the Bible. You find out it wasn't for you, or you find out like this book was written by I think this McClendon guy. Jesus was not talking to you. You find out certain things Jesus was saying was not talking to the body of Christ, church the body of Christ church. He was talking to the kingdom church. See, I'm putting emphasis on that. He was talking to the kingdom church. See, you have to understand that. That's rightly divided. You have to come in the middle and just say, okay, this, who's the author? What people are they talking to? Why, when, 
and where? Will you understand, first of all, who the author is talking to and what the author is, what his ethnicity when it comes to the Bible I'm talking about? This is not one for all, you know, or one size fits all. I've done a series on that and connecting the dots. But when you find out who the author was in the Bible, and the majority of the authors in the Bible are Jews. Out of all 66 books in the Bible, the majority of the authors or the writers are Jews, including Paul. Every writer in the 66 Bibles are what? I don't know why I said the majority, but every person that wrote the Bible author-wise is a Jew. Hmm, did you know that? There's not one Gentile that wrote anything in the Bible. Not one Gentile. Gentile many nations. Not anybody outside of Jew, outside of uh, the Jewish nation, wrote any Bible. All Jews. You think that's a coincidence? Put on your thinking cap. Now, you think that's a coincidence why every out of all the 66 books in the Bible... Remember, Moses wrote Genesis. Moses wrote the, the five books of the Bible, Torah, Pentecost, stuff like that, Moses. Jew. The past prophets, Jew. First and second, it all, all, was all wrote by Jews. See, the majority of the Bible is a Jewish Bible. It's a Jewish Bible written to, written by Jews for who? Jews, you, you get it. The Jews were the forerunners of salvation before the Apostle Paul, when God changed the program or temporarily changed it for this new creature, which is the body of Christ, the church, which is us today that are saved today. Okay. Under the Apostle Paul. Paul was the only one. Now, I'm talking about what happened with Peter in Acts 10. That was just, uh, he was preparing Peter for the change. But Paul was the only one he specifically, specifically sent to the Gentiles with a different way of salvation or how to be saved that was not under the law. That did not have to to repent for the remission of sins that did not have to be baptized in water. Be Gentiles. But who was Paul? What's Paul ethnicity? Paul was what? A Jew. So all 66 of the Bible, even though Paul was sent to the Gentiles, he's a Jew. You, you see what I'm saying? When you look at the Bible and understand the Bible, and a lot of you already know this, but you're still blinded by, you know, what dispensation you are in. You're still blinded by tradition. Even some of the best scholars are blinded by traditions. I'm saying you got the R.C. Scrolls, James Kennedy, they used to be out there. You got a lot of somewhat scholars out there. Still, even a great um, eschatology teacher, which passed away not too long ago, uh, Jack Vanipee, who can quote a scripture like a dictionary and stuff like that, still is somewhat stuck in traditional dogma. I'm not saying they're not going to heaven. I'm just saying that type of dogma. You have the J. Vernon McGee's. You got a lot of scholars out there 
or the, or the self-proclaimed theologians out there that knows this. Now, I'm not going to say they don't know it. They know that there's a difference in the programs, but they cannot get themselves because of traditional surrounding belief to see that these programs affect how you understand and interpret the word of God. It's very important. See, once you and I learn that, it brings a weight. That's why I use red pill a lot. It brings a weight off of you. I know this is not Bible study. Some of you got Joe, I don't know what you're talking about. Just listen closely because it's almost like, like I'm saying is really, I'm trying to make it so plain that, you know, the unbeliever can even understand this. See, what I'm, where I'm going, what I'm saying. They know the difference when something is different and something not the same. Most unbelievers even know that it's the church that has a problem with that. Not the unbelievers. The church have a problem with that. I could talk to an unbeliever. They say, oh, yeah, really? Okay, that sounds that sounds logical because it is. I can understand it. It's the believer that has an issue with it. See, it's the believer, not the unbeliever. It's the believer that has an issue with rightly divided and they don't understand grace like they think they do. It's the believer that has issues with what I'm teaching, not the unbeliever. Why do why do the believer have a problem with this? The believer, I mean, as the saved person, because of religious denominational upbringing, majority of our lives. How do you think the Jews felt when Paul came with this different gospel of how to be saved? And they are in, and they were embedded under the law. Six hundred and thirteen different things they have to follow. Sacrifices. All that. How do you think Peter now felt? That's why Peter had to be pre warned through Acts ten about the change. This guy come teaching something different. Sure, Peter and all of them, they didn't like that. They thought he was a heretic. Why do you think Paul got persecuted so bad by his own people and the Gentiles? Because of his different gospel. Paul even mentioned in a, a paraphrasing way, if he was getting persecuted just for teaching the kingdom gospel, he wouldn't get, in other words, if he was just teaching the kingdom gospel, they would not persecute him. It was because he was teaching the cross, something they never heard before. And that's almost like blasphemy to them, man. It's we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions. And yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each. You'll buy it once and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd only at BJ's. It's a false doctrine to them. 
even though some knew that after Paul explained to him, he said, man did not reveal this to me in the book of Galatians. It was only revealed to him by God himself. They heard it, but they could not accept it. Why? Because they were caught up and stuck in traditional law teaching. And this wasn't no fault of theirs. They was thought they was doing the right thing. Peter thought he was doing the right thing. Well, God uh, pulled down those four sheets, four corners of sheets in Acts 10 and told them to eat those certain animals that under the Jewish tradition and laws they cannot eat. They cannot eat. They're not allowed to eat. That's sin. There's a penalty for that, disobeying God's law. So Peter had to second guess himself when he heard that. God said, Eden, did God have to tell him whatever I make, I call clean, don't call it unclean. Those represented those four sheets and those four different type of animals that the Jews under the law was not allowed to eat. They was like symbols of Gentiles that was forbidden to Jews to even be around. They couldn't even share the temple with a Gentile. Gentile as in other nations under the law. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? When you read your Bible and you know how to rightly divide it, why Peter acted like that and why Jews hated Gentiles so much, you could understand it now. Why they have a hard time with accepting Paul, even some people from what I heard today in churches don't like Paul because his teaching is not the same as Jesus' earthly ministry or the twelve. They don't know it's Jesus that's teaching Paul now, but Jesus is not teaching Paul his earthly ministry. That's on postponement. Jesus teaching the ministry uh, a, a different gospel and a different message to non-Jews, Gentiles. He didn't come up with the same message. He teaching to someone that was never under a covenant. That's not under the law. It's a grace. God done this. First, one of the reasons God done it to make the Jews jealous. Now, why would they make the Jews jealous? Because they had to go through all this stuff. They had to go through the law. They had to go to water baptism and something like that. They've been through all the signs and wonders or whatever. They had to really struggle to endure. While the Gentiles got a, almost a free car, all they had to do is believe what Jesus did. Now, the Gentiles, the body of Christ, didn't, they, we don't get the signs and wonders and miracles like the Jews and the healings and stuff like that. But we got a better promise because all we have to do is believe. We get to go to heaven. They don't. Now, it's good what they're going to get on earth, but we get to go to the heavenly places. You, you follow what I'm saying? You follow what I'm saying? And once you understand that, once you understand that as a believer or you just listen. So let, let's talk to the believer. As you understand that as part of the body of Christ, I'm talking to the ones that saved and are of the body of Christ, not church goers, but the church body of Christ. Once you understand that, you know, you will understand the Bible better. You will know what's for you and what's not or who was talking to who and who you know, was Jesus talking to you or was Peter talking to you? Was James talking to you or was they talking to Israel? And when you go to Paul, you know, Paul is talking to you, the body of Christ. Now, I'm not saying you cannot use, cannot use the principles and some universal principles in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm talking about under the law. Okay, there's two programs. All right.
Now, let me get to the gist of this. Reason I went that way so I can give you uh, just a, a play where I'm going with this, and it's going to start with Facebook. And Facebook have groups for any type of group, whatever you believe or whatever faith or cult you have. Facebook got that. I just period. They're 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 being in that, you know, whatever ethnicity or whatever nation you're from. Facebook got a group. So let's just talk about. If you go to Facebook, there's many Christian groups in Facebook. Listen closely. There's many Christian groups in Facebook or denominational groups or uh, non-denominational groups in Facebook. Probably hundreds different type of groups in Facebook that are Christians or proclaim to be Christians. I'm just, let's talk about the benefit of the doubt is to say they all Christians. I'm not going to say the one, just say they're body of Christ. Or the way they got saved, they're, they're the body of Christ. So uh, they're all Christian. You 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 take you tap in Facebook, say I'm looking for a Christian group. You have to be careful when you say Christian. Because remember when I said in the previous podcast, Christian is used loosely. Because everybody's not a Christian. They just believe in some of the Christian morals. They might even be even conservatives. Because you're conservative don't mean you're a Christian. Okay, so you got to be very careful when you say the word Christian, but just say, just use that for instance, you push Christian in Facebook or tap it in, zoom, man, all kind of Christian groups will shoot up. Just try it if you haven't already. You're probably in one of them or quite a few of them. Christian groups, they, they, they shoot up, right? To the ones that do know. Okay. <clears throat> And you want to join that Christian, quote unquote, Christian group, which is a good thing. You should. You want to be around fellow believers because, you know, we don't want to uh, we don't want to. We want to be around, our, uh, uh, as the word of God says, don't forsake the assembly of believers. We want to be around other believers and saints so we can get prepared and go out to the world and reconcile with man. But you go on these Christian programs and. uh and you enter into these programs and you see verses everywhere looking beautiful. People quoting scriptures and different things like they people quoting verses. They tell you what church they went to. They talk about love. They talk about struggles. They talk about victories. They talk about signs and wonders and miracles. They talking about all kinds of things on these Christian groups. Christian groups. You understand what I'm saying? Lots of them, hundreds, hundreds of Christian groups. Or they have, they've got different names, Christian, faith-based, you know, the love of God, the disciples that is. You know, just like denominational names of churches, you have these different Christian groups. And I'm talking about, you know, assuming they are believers and Christians, you know, not in name only, but you have Christian groups. Okay, so you join one of those groups and, you know, you get it all and you feel good because everybody's saying this and they don't uh, an accord on certain beliefs. Then you got one Christian might disagree with you on this, whatever, like this. See, the thing that's going to come with a Christian group, and you must prepare yourself, you have different denominations and different beliefs. So you might have a Baptist group. You might have a, a Church of God in Christ group. You might have a Pentecostal, which is still the same, Pentecostal group. You might have a Lutheran group, a Methodist group, or whatever like that, different type of groups. Or you might have a, a Catholic group. 
that diff, the, uh, the diff, that teaches only Catholicism and stuff like that. So those are separate different type of groups. But you have some Christian groups that got all of them in it, even Assemblies of God, even a few Mormons, You because they all think they're Christians. So you have to be very careful and you must cherry pick, you know, when you, you look up these Christian groups, you know, what they believe, what they stand for, and different things like that, you know, what they disagree on or whatever, like what they church about. It all sounds good. Say, man, we all Christians. We all believers in something like that. Praise God. Praise God and everything like that. Some of them believe in the Trinity, the triune, the Godhead. Some of them believe in oneness. You know, there's only one God. Jesus is God. So you have those different beliefs like that. Some don't believe in baptism. Some don't believe in baptism in water. Some believe this way. Some believe in, most believe in tithing. Most believe in this. Most believe in baptized in the Holy Spirit. Most believe you get saved in whatever. So it depends. That's, it's denominationalism. So you have different types of Christian groups. Man, that's good, man. Man, all these believers, man, all these Christians, man, all these saved people, man, they come with this way. This teacher teaches this, man. T.D. Jakes teaches this. Joel Osteen teaches this, man. Charles Stanley teaches this. This person teaches this, whatever like that, man. They all got this same type of way. It's saying the Bible this, but they're not strong on miracles, but this group's strong on miracles. Tongues are for the day, but tongues are not for the day. We did this believe like that. You might say, Joe, Joe, come on. The reason I'm going like that, because that's what it comes to when you see all these Christian groups. It sounds like everybody talking at one time, different type of ways, different type of beliefs and stuff like that when you see these Christian groups. And the more you do that, the more you do that, and somebody that's an unbeliever see these groups, they want to get some understanding, they are so confused. Can't you imagine how they feel? If you just put yourself in an unbeliever's eyes and you get all these groups and they all saying, now I'm not saying all of them, but they got different ways of salvation. What you need to be doing, one, you must follow the Ten Commandments. You got Lordship Salvation over here, Calvinist over here. You got this person over here, got rightly divided over here. You got this person over here, got this whatever like that. And you don't know where to go. You must do this and be saved. Well, blah, blah, blah. There's uh, one God and three persons over there. It's only Jesus, God. You got the Pentecostals. You got the oneness. You got the this, whatever. You got the That's what it sounds like. Very confusing. That what that's what got me all toe up in my early Christian believing life. That type of groupness, and that was before Facebook. But just imagine an unbeliever or a new believer, a new Christian looking at all these groups, don't know which one to join. So he just start pushing, or she just start pushing and joining all of them, or a lot of them, and everything like that, you know. But they all, the majority of the, listen closely, I'm doing the Charles Stanley. If you, the, a, a believer, this is how most believers are looking for a group, if they're honest with themselves, that kind of agree on the same thing or they, 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 or what they have been taught, they kind of searching for that believer. So a Pentecostal believer wouldn't, wouldn't really go join a Baptist group. A Baptist group really re- would not join a Pentecostal group or this group would not join a Lutheran group or a Lutheran group wouldn't join this type of group or a Catholic or this group wouldn't join a Mormon group or this group wouldn't join a Seventh-day Adventist or whatever like that. See, some of them pick out. It had to be, it had to fall in line of their teaching or what they was taught. You, you understand what I'm saying? 
You ever heard this song? Ball of confusion. I don't know what they be saying, but I know their voice is deep. <laughs> it's a ball or bowl of confusion. It's confusion. It's almost like Bible when John, um, God, John, when God confused the languages. See, Bible. That's how the churches look like and sound today, like Bible, confused. Everybody uh, have cherry-picked what they believe out of the church. Now, this is how masterful Satan is. Majority of the churches that do this, though, one thing they usually do believe and teach out of is going to be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the book of Acts, because they like the signs and wonders and miracles, and they like the healing of Jesus and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The majority of them, of the churches, over 90% is going to fall in that category, majority of time, what they teach out of. Okay? Now, you have some Calvinists, they teach out of them. The Calvinists like to go to uh, uh, Old Testament as well, because they like to fall in that law and that condemnation to make a person feel guilty when they want to make you feel scared of God's wrath and how God's hard on sin and stuff like that. So, it depends, but the majority of them still going to fall and do a lot of their teachings out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, out of all those groups. See? So, what happens also in these groups... They put all, a, a lot, not everyone, listen closely, I'm not saying every believer, but they mix all these verses together. They put uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first and second and third, John, and all that together, which is good because they all are the kingdom program, okay? Let me say this thing very slowly. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, early Acts all the way up to say about going through the 15th chapter or close to when it's the last of Peter. Then you have Hebrews, uh, James, first and second Peter, first and second, third John and the revelation of John. You putting all those together you're on it. You know that's Israel, or you should know that's Israel. You know that's the kingdom program. So you in one accord, if you're reading it that way. Should I say it again? Matthew, Mark. Now remember what I talked. I, I was teaching you earlier. I hope you're paying attention. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I know I'm skipping something, but I'm doing this on purpose. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but somewhat close to mid-Acts. Then you go to the book of Hebrews. Some might differ about Hebrews, but I'm just going to, for the sake of time, you go to the book of Hebrews, James, First and Second Peter, the book of Jude. I always forget Jude. First and Second, Third John, and the Revelation. You know, if you if you read those. Because it's the majority, your doctrine is close to being correct. You might still have some errors. You're going to have some errors, but you you on the right track. You on the right track, okay? So you you with the signs and wonders and baptizing water and different things like that and the tiny. You on the right track, you know? Those are the Jewish books. You're on the right track. Now, you might not know it's only Jewish books. You might think a lot of it's right for you as well as a Gentile. But my point is you're on the right track. The problem and the difference come 
in most believers is when you get into the pistols and the letters of the apostle Paul. That's when the confusion starts in most believers. That's why a lot of believers don't read a lot of Paul's books. It's not lining up with the other ones. You you, you see where I'm going now. It's not lining up with the other ones. So some, most believers, ain't some, but most believers will try to justify that they'll try to correct or try to bring an interpretation of what Paul is not saying by going through those books I just mentioned, first and second, third John, you know, you know, Peter, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They were, they are, they are denominational in their traditional uh, thought pattern and teaching will be, everything is based on the kingdom belief. So therefore, they mix Paul up every once in a while with that. But since the majority of their belief is based on the kingdom program, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Hebrews through Revelation, they think very little of the teachings of Paul, not knowing that Paul is the church today. They're, they think, out of ignorance, most of them, that they are in the right program. And Paul did just add some of Paul's teaching with the true teaching they believe out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and Hebrews through Revelation. In other words, if you put Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, half of X, and Hebrews through Revelation on one side, separated from Paul's teaching, you will see why the majority of the church teaches out of those books, especially Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm not saying they don't teach out of Paul's books, but they add Paul's books to that because they feel that the kingdom church is really the church that we are under, but we still can be called the body of Christ. We still could be called the born again church. We still are, we still God is still doing signs, wonders, and miracles. Most still believe that some have caught on because they know it ain't happening in their life. And, you know, the water baptism, not everybody's doing it as much now, you know. But you, you, you understand what I'm saying. We all was based and programmed that way growing up in church. I know I was, the majority of my family was. Was programmed that way. You see how masterful Satan was? The problem with Satan is not the kingdom program. That was prophesied, that was foretold. The problem with, the, the, the thing that Satan is trying to keep hid is Paul's letters. He don't really want the church to know about, that's the what, that's what they supposed to be following today, Paul's letters, not them other, not the kingdom church, not the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's for Israel. That's been postponed. Acts 9, 11, 11 to 25. That's been postponed. So he wants you to think that you are still under the Jewish kingdom church he done he manipulated that masterfully the church that he's trying to keep hidden is the mystery church paul's church okay the romans 16 and 25 church the church that was hidden in god since the beginning of time that was only revealed to the apostle paul that's the one he wants to keep hidden that's the one he wants you to uh to keep you in the stupor that's the one he want to keep us ignorant about is the letters of Paul. 
Romans through Philemon. It's 13 letters. Some people think Paul wrote Hebrews. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. But I'm just going to keep it on what I do know. Romans through Philemon. You, you understand what I'm saying? So that's a big part of the confusion of what I see in the church today. So going back to Facebook, when you and these is dominated by a lot of Christian churches, over a hundred or something, but you're going to notice the same and uh, <clears throat> even in Facebook or other YouTube groups. When it comes to the Grace Church or rightly divided or the teachings of Paul's letters, which rightfully is for the church today, the body of Christ is dominated by the different denominational Christian churches. The same thing. Paul got pushed around by some of his own followers. His followers left him mainly alone. And it's very sad. Because of his teaching and the way he was persecuted. They couldn't deal with that. Well, anyway, let me digress. You look at rightly dividing churches and Facebook. And Facebook got them. They'll shoot up too. Not as many as a straight out Christian faith-based name church. Thousands and thousands of members compared to the rightly dividing church. It's overwhelmingly more. That should be easy for you because the majority of churches you go to, you don't hear that the type of teacher that I'm teaching and others, you don't hear that type of teaching in your churches. Satan done very well. He done very well in that purposely. The majority of the churches you go to <clears throat> teach Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, water baptism, some on the signs and wonders. <clears throat> it depends what church you go to. Pentecostal, charismatic, they mostly deal with signs, wonders, and miracles and healings. Remember that Pentecostal and charismatic churches. So, so you have to understand that when it comes to denominations, most of you never heard of the brightly divided church. Never, most of you never heard of dispensations, you know. But that does not make you a rightly divider. This dispensation is only used well, four times by the Apostle Paul. And like he said it all the time, some graceful things will have you to think that, not purposely. But, you know, that's another story. But my point is, what happened? I, I, I'm in this group, rightly dividing group. Now, I'm going to tell you how... <clears throat> Powerful and manipulative Satan has been when it comes to ideologies, traditional thinking of churches. Okay. Even in the rightly dividing churches that choose, that teaches the true Pauline letters, 13 letters, Romans through Philemon under the Apostle Paul to the Gentiles, uh, you are going to find in a lot of these rightly dividing churches the same thing, kingdom versus and kingdom belief added with Paul's letters. You say, Joe, what you mean? Okay, let me put it this way. The body of Christ main walk or sound doctrine, Paul calls it, Romans 2, Philemon, is for the church today. Those are our duties those are our commandments, not under the law commandments that we're going to get struck down or go penalized, but those are our commandments in that way by Jesus Christ and his heavenly ministry that's using Apostle Paul. See, the same Jesus that came on the earthly ministry is teaching a different program 
through Paul to the Gentile nations. And some Jews, I'm not saying all Gentiles, but the majority of the body of Christ is Gentiles, just like the majority of the kingdom program is Jews, with the exception of Gentiles. It just goes different ways. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so... Romans through Philemon, Philemon, Paul's 13 letters. That's how to make you think, why did God allow Paul to write 13 letters? Peter only two. James only one. I think John has about five. Why God allowed Paul or led Paul to write 13 letters over more than any other person in the Bible? Why? You ever thought about that? Why he put so much emphasis on Romans, Paul's letters? But everybody else has got more. They might be longer. Just like the Torah, the five books of Moses. Paul has 13. Moses has five. Moses is just longer, but Paul has more. 13 letters. Nobody else in the Bible has 13, what, 10 or 7. I think, what, John has five? You know, St. John, 1st and 2nd, 3rd John, and the Revelation of John. What's that? 1, 2, 3, 4. Yeah. Like I said, 1st and 2nd Peter 2, the book of James 1, Jude 1, Matthew 1. Now, I'm talking about apostles. Matthew was an apostle. John was an apostle. Mark and Luke was not. So I want to get that straight. Mark and Luke was not. Okay. They got the information, you know, through... Uh, some through Paul, some through Peter, and, you know, was also led by the Holy Spirit, you know. But I want to get that out there. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer. BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's. Yeah, I'm talking about the apostles and stuff like that. But Paul, 13 letters. 13 letters. A lot of you believers that's listening to me probably never even paid that any attention why Paul has so many letters. You think God had him write 13 letters for nothing just to leave him out? Just to ignore him and for you to keep going back to uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and other parts of the Old Testament and then Hebrews through uh, Revelation? Why did he get, it's just like, you saying God don't know what he's doing. He gives a certain person, which is a Jew as well, 13 letters to be ignored. I heard even through Les Fildick and other teachers that you have people out there that said Paul does not belong in the Bible. Paul is a liar, liar. 
Paul hate women. He's a male chauvinist. Paul get dogged out. Paul shouldn't be in the Bible. He teaches wrong doctrine. You know why they call it wrong doctrine? Because it's not the same as Jesus earthly ministry doctrine. They don't know it's still Jesus. They don't know it's Jesus teaching Paul. So when you try to kick Paul out of the Bible, you cooking, you kicking Jesus out of the Bible. When you put your foot on Paul's teachings, you putting your foot on the neck of Jesus because Paul works and teaches through Jesus for the church today, the body of Christ. So you don't have an issue with Paul. You got an issue with Jesus, the one you said saved you. The same one that was walking on this earth, he ain't teaching the same thing through Paul because he's teaching a different people. They're not under the law. They're not under the covenant. They're not under no Old Testament. They're not under no New Testament. That's all Israel. The body of Christ, we are the new creature. We're not born again. Oops, you said that, Joe? We're not born again. You have to be born the first time to be born again. Israel was born the first time. Israel was God's firstborn. In the spiritual sense, as a nation, there's many scriptures that approve that. I can't do that. You got to go to connecting the dots. Israel is God's firstborn. When they lost the mantle, when they went out in unbelief, they lost their birthright. God called on them then. Like Les Felder said, when God was right with them, he called them my people. When he was against them, he called them your people. <laughs> they, them. In other words, you know, the dead man's bones and all that, that wasn't a bit and felt another Holy Spirit for the church today. No, there was Israel coming alive, born again. Israel is the born again nation. They would be the born again nation. Nicodemus is what Jesus is telling about uh Nicodemus, you must be born again. Ye ye means it's plural. That means the nation of Israel. Nicodemus understood what he was saying after that quote from Jesus, he knew Israel was the church that needed to be revived. They needed to be, what? Born again. But that's another teaching. I'm not going to get into that. You did not know that either. You know it now. The church today is the new creature. The body of Christ is the new creature. You ever hear Paul talking about born again? Nope. You hear Peter mention born again in a rightful way. Why did Peter mention? Because he understood the concept of Israel. Israel needs to be born again. But Paul never said nothing about born again. Paul talked about the cross, the body of Christ as a new creature. Okay? So just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. You're in the wrong church. Whoever's doing this in the wrong church. Well, anyway, let me digress. What I find in a lot of rightly dividing churches that's in these groups and uh, is the doctrine of the kingdom program doctrine. A lot of first John, a lot of second John, a lot of, you know, Peter and stuff like that. A lot of Matthew, of course, Luke and John, even then they can be doing so well. And then when they get stuck, and I mean this sincerely, when they get stuck, they go back to the four gospels and they go back to the kingdom program. First, second, third John, et cetera, stuff like that. Now I'm going to tell you another thing, what happens when uh, that teaching gets in these groups. When they don't want to believe certain verses, especially when it comes to forgiveness for the world, that's a tough one. 
for most believers in the body of Christ to believe that Jesus, they hear it and they even quote that Jesus died for the sins of the world. Listen closely. They quote it. I hear it a lot that Jesus, I can ask somebody, did Jesus die for the sins of the world? Sure. He died for the sins of the whole world. They hear that. They know it. But if I say it another way, like this, everybody sins in the world has been forgiven already. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You see, I said it another way. You see what I'm saying? They just admit it. This is fictional, but I hear it. They just admitted that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That who blah, 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 blah. That's another that's not a salvation message for the body of Christ. So I ain't gonna get into that. I'll confuse even more. But I said in another way, as they just admitted it, they can accept that. Why? Because the traditional denominational confusion with the letters of Paul. See, they can't get out of their head the law. They can't get out of their head that the saved must be forgiven first. See, all of that is the kingdom program. They can't get it out. So when they try to dispute scriptures like 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, that God is not imputing any trespasses on the world, or uh, Romans 4 and 16, where there is no law, there is no transgression, they read those scriptures and then they say, yeah, but what about this? When you do that, you're saying, well, God ain't really meaning what he said. God, as Jesus talking through Paul. That's why they don't like Paul's letters, a lot of people. Now, Paul didn't really mean that. No, 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 no. We can't accept that. Why? Then where did they go? What, what, think about it. What do you think? You probably too. Where you go? You go back to the Gospels. Or those kingdom program uh, 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 letters I mentioned, first and second, uh, Peter, James, whatever. You start going to the kingdom program to justify why the world is not sins are not forgiven. You ignore what Paul's letters are saying and go back to the kingdom program to justify the, how right you are. It's almost like you're saying God was wrong. Let me try to correct God and get away. Or you read that King James Bible. Yeah, you you read that King James Bible. Let me let me go to my NIV. Let me go to my New English Standard. Let me go to this Living Bible. Let me go to this or whatever. Not do read the Living Bible, but I don't use it as a study one. I rebuke, not rebuke it, but I turn down anything, you know, whatever like this. I was trying to say rebuke. A lot of that rebuke, what I just said, it comes from the Kingdom program. See, it's hard to get a traditional thought the way you was taught for years out of your head. But somewhat, I know better now. I might slip and say things, you know, because that's tra traditional teaching that just don't go away. It's like anything else. Once you learn it, it's not easy to take off. Stopping drugs is not easy to take off. Easy to put on, but it's not easy to take off. Sleeping around, it's not easy to stop. It's easy to start, but it's not easy to stop. Losing weight. See, you can lose weight. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. But sometimes you can lose it easy, but you put it right back on. That don't happen like that when it comes to the Bible. It's not easy to take off tradition. I understand that I get it. It's a battle. It's almost like a spiritual warfare. It's a battle. It's not easy. But we must. 
We must, if we want to really win people to God by reconciling them. See, terms like born again, the Great Commission, you know, born again, the Great Commission, tithing, water baptism, and stuff like that. That's kingdom program Jews talk. That's not for the body of Christ today. We are baptized in Christ, not by water, by spirit. We're baptized in Christ, not by water. The kingdom program, they're baptized in water. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit the day of Pentecost because that's when the Holy Spirit was first coming down. I'm not talking about that. That's why it's confusion about baptism and the Holy Spirit. Many people believe they get saved, and then later they get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They go on right back to Acts and all that stuff. They're basing everything off their church and tradition. Even the Bible don't teach that, but tradition teaches that. And that order in that fashion because what? Massive confusion. Okay, bad, y'all, bad. <laughs> I've been on this for quite a while. I've been on, but this is what I want to leave with. I hope you're getting what I'm trying to understand. I, I try to make it plain as you can. I can. But What's bothering me in a lot of these groups, rightly dividing groups, I can expect that from other uh, denominational Christian groups, which is which is hundreds and hundreds and maybe thousands of them in Facebook. But when it comes to rightly dividing uh, dispensational believers, Pauline believers, they come up with different names. And that's another thing we have to watch. Watch out for the names because people look at it as some type of occult or another denomination. When we start using names too much, you know, grace teachers, rightly dividers, and dispensationalists, you know, I try to use it so you can understand. I use terms that the Apostle Paul used. Let me put it that way, you know, but we have to be careful. Right. Okay. All right. When I read articles in a rightly dividing group, what I am am I. What I am expecting is rightly dividing Paul's letters from the law, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's what I expect when it comes to a rightly dividing or so-called grace teaching Bible group. That's what I expect. Not perfectness. None of us is none of that. It was only 100% perfect person, like I said, Jesus, when it came to doctrine. But I expect rightly dividing, okay? But what I I, I seem to forget, and I don't know, but I seem to forget, a lot of these rightly dividers just learned how to rightly divide as well. Some just learn. But you also have some that can't let go the traditional denomination, whatever teaching they come from. They can't let go of the kingdom program. They start you, especially when they get caught in a corner, they start using Old Testament ver- uh, 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 lingo. They start using Old Testament versions. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Remember, that's Old Testament out of the law. They start using Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is one of the famous. So they go to John, they go to places like that. They get away from Paul's teaching to justify 
Paul's teaching, which makes it confusing because Paul, Peter, and Jesus' earthly ministry don't teach the same thing. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer. BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's. Okay. Remember, you have Jesus' earthly ministry, and he has a heavenly ministry. We are under Jesus' heavenly ministry through the Apostle Paul, not his earthly ministry through the Twelve. I hope you got that understanding. So it's a mixture. You start mixing them together, it's like oil and water. It's not going to make sense because one of them was saying, you know, the only way to get ready with God, faith must come with works, like the book of James. Paul says faith is by grace. Faith is by believing only. Faith alone. See, James is not faith alone. You, it's conditional. It's faith plus works. So grace teachers become confused. So they still think you have to do a little something, some, some grace teachers, because they're still caught up in that what? Traditional type of belief. That's when it comes to why forgiveness is such a tough issue for a lot of rightly so-called rightly divided teachers because they can't get away from that. You have to do something. You have to do this. We have to do this. You have to be saved first to be forgiven. They believe in all the forgiveness. They know we are saved by grace. They can even say that everybody's forgiven. But when it comes to the world... Let me put it this way. When they say everybody's forgetting, they're looking at it this way. Yeah, when you get saved first, then all the sin, you got to believe it and accept it. That's what a lot of grace teachers messed up on. They still believe that you have to accept the forgiveness. And the only way you can get forgiven and accepted is when you get saved. Now, they're correct on the first Corinthians 15, 1 to 4 for salvation for today. Jesus' death, burial, resurrection. And they 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 with that all men's and women's sins are forgiven, but it's a but. That's what uh, Trey Cersei called limited forgiveness. See, they are limited in their forgiveness. They believe all those forgiveness that Jesus done on the cross years ago only can be fulfilled in the world when they are saved first. They have to believe it. They don't know. It ain't got nothing to do with your belief when it comes to forgiveness. For salvation, yes, but for forgiveness, no, that's a done deal. They can't get past that the only way God can save you today, he had to get rid of the sins first. They can't, and these are intelligent men and men of God, intelligent men and women of God, intelligent, good in teaching a lot of things about rightly dividing, but their issue is 
forgiveness for the world, even though they are read it. They are trying to justify it through Acts 10 or whatever like that. They cannot accept that. What's the problem with that? I, I'm not in their head, but I believe they feel that they are so high now that, you know, it's something that I got to do. But they don't know they're falling right back into place, like, you know, denominations that it's something that I have to do for God to forgive me. It's hard to get out of this uh, that type of thinking, church, as in body of Christ, church as in body of Christ. It's hard to get that type out of that type of thinking because a lot of these grace teachers came out of what? Denominational type of teaching. And it's hard to get that tradition out, okay? So you will find this type of teaching and grace teaching. But another thing I don't like is too much bickering and too much arguing. See, in these groups because of disagreement. I can see if somebody going all the way left field and they just like a bot. They here to cause uh cause havoc. It's some it's a guy that's in one of these groups. He just man, I could just listen to him. He's just there to cause havoc. And why do you say that, Joe? Don't you supposed to show love? Yeah, you show love by also ignoring and just telling the person, getting the person out of your group because they're causing strife. You, I, I look at the young believers up in there, not no one person. It's like that leaven Jesus talks about in Matthew. You can have a lump of leaven in a group that can mess up the whole group where you got a lot of young believers in there that's already confused and just finding out how to rightly divide God's word. Those are the ones I talk about. That's why when I type in something, I talk to ones, I try to be doing in love. Don't waste your time arguing with somebody that's already subjectively and preconceived about what they believe in. They just there to debate you and argue. They're not there to hear the truth or your side. They're quoting correct verses and scriptures. Yes, they're they're quoting right scriptures and correct scriptures, but it's in the wrong program. We're not under those scriptures they're quoting. I don't care how good they quote it, how much they know. If it's not in the context of the word of God and not rightly divided, it don't mean nothing. We're not under those verses and things you're quoting. Okay? So, when a person is not listening, and then even worse than when they start name-calling, calling people stupid or foolish and stuff like that, you know, that's what I don't like. See, you in your flesh, you too much into yourself. You are kind of narcissistic. Nobody can tell you nothing. You all on yourself. So that's the person I think, like Paul said, leaving them in their ignorance. That's what I leave. I leave in your ignorance. I don't even text you back. I leave you by yourself because you're not here to hear the truth. You're not here to hear what God's word is saying. And it's easy to get into the flesh by arguing back and forth with a person like that. Therefore, you can call them a fool. Because they for themselves. They're not forgetting nobody say that. They start getting into Hebrew and Greeks. That was the real meaning of this. So you saying God don't really know what he was saying then, huh? You going to break down what God's word is saying literally in Greek and Hebrew? This is a real... Man, people get me with that Greek and Hebrew. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but man, that's a big confusion when you start telling people if God wanted you to learn Greek and Hebrew, he would have put it specifically in that Bible. King James, letting you know you must interpret the Bible with Greek, Latin, or whatever. You must interpret it that way. People get me with their Greek and Hebrew to justify why they don't want to believe what God's saying in Paul's letters. 
See, the problem is Paul's letters. When it comes to Paul's letters from most of these, most of these type of people, <clears throat> they start jumping to the Greek and Hebrew and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in a kingdom program. When you do that, you make the new believer confused and you make them say, wow, this sounds like another denomination. I don't know who God is or what God believes. Okay. I'm going to leave you with that. I can talk about this all day long. Yes. So the answer to my own question is rightly dividing the word of God is very, very important. Very. It's the key to understanding the Bible. It's the key to knowing where you're supposed to be walking and what you should be teaching under the dispensation of grace today, under the teachings of the Paul, Pastor Paul, Romans through Philemon. It's very important. It is key to understand. You must read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You must read all of the Bible. But when you read it now, you know where you belong and where you don't belong. You know which one is history and for inspiration for you, for your learning, compared to what you're supposed to be understanding and learning and doing today. That's the beauty of God's word. Some of the most ignored books in the Bible is, who do you think? Paul's letters. So rightly dividing God's word is very Important, And the only time you really hear that word, which is a letter from Paul to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2 and 15, study to show thyself approved a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, you don't just go back that one verse. You must read the whole 2 Timothy book and 1 Timothy to know why Paul was going there, what was happening in Timothy's life and his life, for you to get a clear picture of what was going on for him to say that. So don't just sleep, Grace teaches on that one verse. Be able to go and explain the whole book. See, you ain't got to be perfect in it, but just have them to read the whole book so they can know why Paul came to that verse and said that. That's context. That's how people learn. Okay? Too many people use verses without the other verses ahead of it or after it. That's why John 3.16 so messed up. Many people think it's a salvation message for today, and they don't read the beginning of John 3 or what's after of it. Context and the whole book is very important in rightly dividing God's word. Salvation is for today. The way to be saved today is not believing who Jesus was. Most of you already know who he was. I explained that the best way I can explain it. No other way. You want to get deeper when you get saved, connecting the dots, and then you can, be, you can learn the knowledge of the truth. But right now, this is just basic teaching of who Jesus was, earthly ministry. We get saved today. Listen closely. The body of Christ is what we believe what Jesus done as a Gentile nation and as a Jewish nation. There's no separation now. We all at one. Jews have to get saved individually now the same way as a Gentile. There's no special Israel now, not today. There's no special Jews. Their nation is no better today. They are on punishment for now, but they will be back. Believe me, we are not replacement Israel. We are not spiritual Israel, period. We are the body of Christ. The body of Christ with Jews and Gentiles, Gentiles and Jews. 
okay? Believe in what he done. His death, burial, resurrection is the way to be saved according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. God bless you all. I hope you got something out of this. Rightly dividing is key to understanding the Bible and how to witness to somebody truly and understanding where you are and who's talking to who or whom in the word of God. We're not the Old Testament church. We're not the new, well, we're not the New Testament church that most churches believe. We're not the New Testament church. We are the new creature. We're that new, but we are the new creature. We are the mystery church the hidden in God church. We are the revelation of the mystery church, the fellowship of the mystery church, according to Romans 16, 25. We're not the born again church. We are the new creature church. We are not the bride, bride of Christ. No, no, we're not the bride of Christ. We are the new creature. We are the body of Christ. The new Jerusalem that's going to come down is the bride of Christ. And the kingdom was set up in there, and the new Jerusalem is the bride. We're not coming back with Jesus to fight these battles. No, the angels are coming back. See, when you understand that a light will come on, you won't be so confused. God bless you all. Body of Christ, love you all. Until next time, peace out. And remember this. I like to often leave you with this. You do not have to be saved to be saved first to be forgiven. The world, good and bad, has already been forgiven of their sins. Now they can be saved if they're not already saved. Forgiveness and salvation don't come in one package. They're separate. God bless you all. Love y'all. Peace out. Bye-bye. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.